You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. everybody, it's Nathan. Welcome to Sound of Sanity. I'm your humble and obedient host. We've got Ben, the preacher, who's the teacher of righteousness. Nope. Sanity, right there. Maybe both. Maybe both. Hello. We'll find out. It's a suspenseful cliffhanger for the podcast. Hey, Ben, mm. introduce the other guy, if you would. It's Jake Mensel, pastor who's master of sanity. Hi, Jake. Hey, what's up? He Lots. asked you a question, Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Lots. Lots. That's the answer, yes. Yeah, I interrupted as you, you did. tried to answer. Guys, we have something really exciting and cool and awesome to talk about today. And you guys are a little closer to it, so I'm going to let you take the ball. But we've got something cool that we want to talk about with people. Yeah, our friend Nate Crum is working on a documentary about someone who's dear to all of us in various ways. Our friend Bob Kaplowitz, who died very recently. And Bob was a quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. And we, two of us on this podcast were his caregivers for pretty long periods of time. Bob was a, Bob was a strong Christian. He was a major part of Trinity Reformed Church for, for a long, long time. And going, being a part of his household, being someone who served and cared for him, changed us, developed our character in some pretty striking ways. So that's me and Jake both worked for him and Nathan knew him mm-hmm. decently well. Never never lived in his house and worked for him. But so many guys went through Bob's house and it, it came to be called the finishing school for men because of what it taught guys about patience and humility and service. A, a lot of guys were prepared for marriage because of Bob. I would say I was one of those guys. I can't speak for Jake, but I'm sure that he'd agree being being a part of Bob's house helped, <laughs> helped him be ready for marriage. Bob loved us and rebuked us and gave us a lot of life experience and was just a major part actually of the discipleship program of the church for years. Jake, what else do you want to say? I moved in with Bob actually before I came to the church. So that's right. Um, I had friends that went to Trinity in Bloomington that I met for in various places. And going into my senior year, there was a spot that opened up at Bob's house. And I was just walking down the street, not sure what I was going to do for the, the following fall towards the end of the spring semester, I think. I ran into Bob on the street with a guy named Steve Moxie. And I knew who Bob was. Bob had been a part of just the IU community for since the 70s. His family's from New Jersey. He became a Christian in North Dakota at a special camp, I think, for mm-hmm. or a special school for kids with cerebral palsy. And then he I was big into music and opera. When he was 12, I think his mom died. I could be getting some of these details wrong. I'm not fresh on them. But I think around the age of 12, his mom died, but his mom was big into opera, and so that was something that he held on to. So, he moved to uh, Bloomington because he wanted to take classes at IU. You could get a degree in musicology at IU without having to play an instrument. So, it was one of the few places you could go and study music without being able to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. And IU's 
Jacob's School of Music, which wasn't called that then, but is widely considered one of the top two or three music schools in the country, not just at public uh, or universities, but universities in general. So if you've heard of Juilliard or anything like that, Jacob's School of Music is right up there. You can look it up online. And so it's got a pretty happening classical music scene. One of the most famous uh, violinists today, Joshua Bell, studied at IU. So Bob just sort of came and immersed himself in that and then got connected to the church. And over time, what happened was his family ended up buying a house and men would just move in and live with Bob and take care of him. Bob wasn't always a quadriplegic. He was a paraplegic mm-hmm. uh, for a while. But over time, he just lost motor function. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there are all kinds of guys that hundreds of guys, hundreds and hundreds of guys have lived with Bob over the years and taken care of him. And I got to be one of those guys from, I think, I want to say 2005 to 2006, I lived with Bob. So I moved in with Bob and that's actually how I got connected to Trinity and why I'm here today on this podcast. I moved in with Bob and then some of the guys at the house with Bob conspired to get me to a Wednesday morning Bible study with Tim Bailey and the rest is history. That led to me becoming part of the church and training for ministry and starting the campus ministry, being on staff at Trinity for some time and then planning a church down here in Evansville and starting Warhorn Media in the process. So yeah, Bob's a big part. Everything is not one thing really that Trinity does that hasn't been touched in one way or another by Bob mm-hmm. or one thing that Warhorn does mm-hmm. that hasn't been touched in one way or another by Bob. So uh, I wouldn't be here uh, if it wasn't for Bob mm-hmm. and I co-founded Warhorn Media. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Ben lived with Bob for a couple of years. Almost five. Almost or, five Or years. five and a half maybe. I get confused. Yeah, it's a lot longer than I But a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are now in ministry serving as pastors. Mm-hmm lived with Bob. And when you lived with Bob, so the way it worked was he provided room and board and then you had to take care of him. And it, you know, taking care of Bob had its different challenges in different ages, in different decades really for people. Mm-hmm. It was everything from taking him to the bathroom and putting him on the toilet and everything that involves to showering him and uh, feeding him was a big part of of taking care of Bob when I lived there. But then as he got older, he was aspirating too much food and stopped eating and had to have a feeding tube. That's right. And so this is different. Bob's ability to speak and be understood declined with age too. But we all love Bob. He was a deacon at the church, a huge part in a lot of people's stories. And he loved to see himself as a, as a matchmaker. So <laughs> a lot of people met their wives because Bob set them up. And certainly a lot of people were prepared for the responsibilities of marriage by, in a sort of trial by fire kind of way. Bob would teach you to cook. He would teach you a handful of dishes that you could make. He'd improve what you thought, whatever you thought about making scrambled eggs or whatever dopey thing it was, Bob was going to improve it. Um, It didn't matter how simple it was, like scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. Bob had a way of doing it that was better because he was a gourmand and he was... (laughs) He just had a very sophisticated taste and palate. And he was also going to give you all kinds of experiences. He had season tickets to the Lyric Opera in Chicago. You'd go up and to the opera. Or you'd go on trips with um, Bob to New York to visit his family and go see the mostly Mozart con- festival and catch mm-hmm. an opera, catch, catch a Broadway show or two, go to the 
Metropolitan Museum of Art, any number of cool things that eat, like King's in Manhattan, you know, sit at a table next to Rudy Giuliani and you know, it's kind of stories like that. And then people, that, that was the kind of thing that happened in my time at Bob's house, but just the 10 years prior to me, Bob would take people on European tours and things like that before, while Bob was still able to fly. So guys got to go to Rome and Germany and all kinds of fun, cool places. And so, yeah, Bob was just uh, an institution and he lived to be how old? No. I want to say 72. He would have been 74 a couple days ago, according to the GoFundMe. So then he would be 73. 73. Mm-hmm. Died just a couple months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, long outlived his life expectancy by a lot. And so, yeah, it's just a, it's a really interesting, compelling story of how God used somebody who today may not have even been given a chance to live, who might have been killed, aborted. Yeah, it's kind of the ultimate pro-life story. And I, I just want to want us to make the case because maybe some people, some idiots out there are thinking, well, it sounds like it's a really important story to me but or to you guys, but why would I care about this documentary? It is a profound story of somebody who had a literal handicap and touched the lives of hundreds, at least. No, it's, it's thousands. It's Listen, the, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast, then it's you. Right. And they still haven't quite uncovered the, the number of people who've lived with Bob or the num- mm-hmm. number of people who are serving as pastors. It's, it's a fascinating and uplifting and, and wonderful story of God working through somebody who could have just lived his life in bitterness and anger over this thing that he'd been given to deal with. But instead, he was cheerful and godly and he touched the lives of thousands of people. And, and he was allowed to live in the first place. Mm-hmm too. And so it's, on the one hand, it's a wonderful pro-life story. On the other hand, it's a story of all the things that you deal with in life that you are bitter and angry and complain about. Bob Bob dealt with a lot with cheerfulness and joy and good humor. He's a very funny man. Yeah, And yeah, the, the fruit is, is pretty incredible, pretty amazing, and pretty far-reaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of what will be cool is seeing the documentary open up just how far reaching that fruit really is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great story of God's kindness. And our good friend, Nate Crum is the filmmaker. And I'm just going to go ahead and give the call to action now, even if there's a little bit more well, to talk well, about. Well, let's yeah. say one more thing about Nate. Um, if you've ever seen my soul among lions music video or anything mm-hmm. like that, that's Nate. Yeah. The, the videography on that's Nate. So the, the Psalm three, that's Nate's camera work, any number of, of, of those music videos that are are pretty cool, this Nate's camera work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nate's mm-hmm. Nate's really talented and awesome, and um, just yeah, we're excited about this. So GoFundMe.com forward slash f forward slash Bob Kaplowitz documentary. I'll put the link in the show notes. Don't worry, it is where you can go to support this thing and get updates on it. Kaplowitz is. We'll just go ahead and spell it out. Yeah, why not? K a p l o w i t z. So, mm-hmm. go and give support uh, the project, yeah. and uh, you will be rewarded. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great story. Anything else to say about that, guys? I don't think so. Mm-mm. No. Okay, well, that's what we wanted to talk about for today. I, I really do encourage people to support this work. I, I think you'll be encouraged by it. 
So go to that link. We'll include it in the show notes. And you can also, of course, go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity to support this work. Be part of our discord. It's a fun, lively conversation and some good ideas for episodes we're getting. None of which we're doing today, but I think some of them we'll get to very soon. Lord willing. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Till next time. Stay sane. <laughs>